0: We're going to continue today in this series entitled "Echo." We start. Ooh, that sounds good. Echo. I love it. We're going to continue today in this series we launched last week. and for those of you, I know that you've experienced an echo in your life before. Uh, you know that an echo has to have something that serves as what we would call the, the originator. There has to be a source of some sort to start sound waves in motion, right? Sending something, a noise, a sound. Out, We looked at last week in our time together that God is the originator of all echoes, is he not? Everything that we experience in this world, everything that you experience in your life is from him. God is the source. We read from the very beginning of the very first book in the Bible that God created it all. Are we okay with that? He is the source. He's the originator. He is the prime source echo. He's been sending out sound waves. He's been sending down, as we looked at last week, blessings. He's been sending things down. Scripture says that that all good things come from above, from the Father of lights. He's continually sending those things down to us. Everything you have comes from God. He's the source. He created it all. He created you. He creates the things that you. everything good now there's some bad stuff in our world right my wife is so torqued off right now at hallmark because of a new a new uh, uh, show a series coming up called the good witch that's an oxymoron to me god's not he's good and you can't be uh, okay see me afterwards for those of you that it just messed you up right uh, but everything good, he's... So the, in this series, what we're talking about is that knowing everything good comes from him. God is continually raining down blessings. He's continuing raining down success. He's continuing raining down wealth in our lives. What are we to do with that? We can be like these soundproof um, squares on this wall in this room, and we can just absorb those things. Or we can do what an echo is supposed to do. We can bounce it back to him first and foremost... And then we can let it reverberate the goodness of God, the blessings of God, everything we can let that reverberate throughout the world around us. Are you with me so far? God is good. And I want you to know that he's for you and he's got a great plan for your life. And so today I just want us to talk a little bit about this idea of if everything comes from God and if he's constantly raining it down in our lives, what is our response to that? Well, I believe that the only appropriate response to somebody who's given you everything is to honor him. It's to develop this spirit, this attitude of gratitude. That word gratitude means a thankful readiness. A readiness. It's a readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. Come on, by a round of applause, has God been good to anybody in this house? Those of you watching us online, come on, raise the roof wherever you're at. Has God been good to you? And our response as his children, whom he loves dearly, knowing that it comes from him, our response ought to be to honor him with it. The good things that God sends your way, your only appropriate response is to honor him to have this attitude of gratitude, a readiness to show thankfulness and appreciation to God for his kindness. Are you with me today? Today, I'm just gonna let you know right now, we're gonna turn the lights up and let you leave if you want to. Or if you wanna dial in and pick up some other church here in our area on, uh, on the intranets, you can. But today we're gonna talk about money, yeah. Now listen, before you start throwing Rotten tomatoes up this direction if you've been around this house any amount of time You know that we don't make a great deal about money. Do we we're not gonna pass some flying saucer in front of you Here in a few moments and make you drop something in there aren't gonna be any ushers or worship hosts with I've literally been in in churches in mexico where they they have those those pool strainers that you get leaves and frogs out with They put that in front of your face And they don't do it one time They don't do it two times There's always three times of giving. So we learned early on, don't give it all the first come around with that pool strainer because there's some more frogs to pick up later on in the service, right? We don't make a big deal about that here at 1910 Church. And if you're a guest, we're honored that you're here today. And I hope that you'll hang in there with me today because I want to share with you some things that God's word says about money. Listen, wouldn't it be great if a preacher didn't have to talk about money? And I don't know what custom or tradition you grew up in, what type of church you grew up in, you know, but, but wouldn't it be great if, if ministries in the local church were fully funded and preachers could just move on to another topic? But, but, but the reality is we're not. And, and, and I would love for that day where we didn't have to talk about it. But, but here's the reason, it's not that I'm talking about it today with you because we're not fully funded, but, but here's the deal. I, I think I'm doing you a service today, Casey. I'm doing you a service because to me, generosity and giving is all about discipleship. Listen, every call for every evangelical church on the planet is to make disciples. And I believe that my role as a pastor, our staff's role, is to see you grow. Not just come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, but to see you grow and become a complete. Full, sold-out follower of him. Hey, I've warned you also, I love what Lindsay just said. You better be careful what they make us sing during the worship. Because when you pray, God, come and consume everything about me, watch out, because that's what he wants to do. Now, I want to let you know, you need not be afraid of God coming and taking over of your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In fact, that's the best life whenever you get to that place where you let him control and dominate everything about you. And even your wallet, even your money, even your wealth, even the stuff, even all the good things that God has been raining down on your life. So today, listen, this is about a heart issue. This is about seeing you grow to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, to completely be bought in, sold out, and following after him. I wish I didn't have to talk about it, but I want to see you grow in your pursuit of Jesus. But let's just be honest as well. It takes money to do ministry. Come on, let me ask somebody a question in this house. Does it cost money for you to own and run your home and your family? So this is not anything weird or abnormal, is it? No, no. And, and, and let me just ask you something. When, when we start talking a little bit in, in a few moments about the word tie the 10th, do you run your household on 10% of what you bring in? Okay, so we're okay saying that there is, well, I'm not asking you to sell the farm today, but, but we all understand that it does take money to make ministry happen, doesn't it? It takes money what you 're sitting in this in this building with all the fixtures and furnishings four point two million dollars it is paid off by the way. Come on somebody. you know why? Because of the faithfulness of people in this house. we bought thirty acres before we ever moved the first piece of dirt on this property and paid it off in cash. We understand good stewardship. We also understand we're just managers of this. this is not ours it's God and I as a, as a recipient of his goodness. I want to honor him with everything he brings through these doors. Are you with me today? But it takes money to run your house. It takes money to run the house of the Lord as well. It does. And so money is ministry. You can't separate the two because it takes money to fuel the ministry and fulfill the vision of finding and restoring that God has for this house 1910, right? You know, Jesus talked a lot about money. In fact, did you know that two-thirds of the parables deal with money? Yeah, hmm, shock and awe swept over. Yeah, did you know that Jesus spoke more about money than he did heaven and hell combined? Why would he do that? Because Jesus understands that giving and generosity is the antidote to greed. And we're pretty greedy people, are we not? And I know that many of you have been through, you've drank the Kool-Aid, the best efforts of our friend Dave Ramsey in Financial Peace University. Come on, round of applause if you've done that, right? Hey, round of applause if you've done that and you believe somebody that hasn't done it should do it, all right? Yeah. But as best as, as Brother Dave is and trying to get our finances in line and as best as other financial gurus that you pay, you pay money to go listen to them, you know, I, I think we ought to just bring Grandma and Grandpa back and let us tell tell us how to run our finances. You, are you with me there? Come on, they didn't have anything, but there was always enough lard to bake a batch of biscuits. Come on, somebody, and they ate that and they ate cream gravy every day, and they lived to be like 213 years old. We're drinking unsweet tea with packets of sweet and low, and we're dying at 37. What's wrong? Come on, bring Grandma and Grandpa back, somebody. Alright, where was I going? What were we talking about? Y'all done mess me up. Greed, generosity, right? As best as Dave Ramsey, hey, 64% of Americans still live paycheck to paycheck. The average American debt household is $117,951. Where do you fall? And as if that's not bad enough, they also tell us that, that people giving to the house of God, to the local church, people have said for years now, it's been on decline. And 17% of people say, you know what, we just don't give like we used to give to the house of the Lord. We have a materialism problem. We have a greed problem. And that's why I believe that it's nothing new to, to God when he speaks about it a great deal in the Bible. So if you'll let me today, I want to unpack that for you. And I wanna see how we can use our wealth as a vehicle for kingdom work. And I want you to begin to understand today what, 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 what God desires from you and how we can use it to make a difference on eternity. Is that okay? Now, let me just share something from, from, well, this isn't the beginning, but let me share something right now. God doesn't hate it when we have things. He hates it when things have us. And as I look around our culture today, that's what, where we're missing it. Things have us. The reality, I know that people in this room and people that are watching us over the World Wide Web today, I know that there are many of us that do not think of God first when the blessing and the wealth come our way. We think of Bass Pro Shop. We think of the next sporting event that our kid or extracurricular that are going to participate in that costs like thousands of dollars to go play a kid game. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just telling you, God wants you to have things, but the, the disconnect is, is when those things begin to have us. Scripture would say that our wealth and giving our treasure is really a heart issue. And for so many of us today, our hearts jacked up because we see our wealth and our possessions, we see it as ours. We see it as ours. I earned it. I made it. No one's going to tell me what to do with the dead gum. And this is America right? and we're, 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 We don't want anybody in our business with it. And that's why some of you have already tuned me out today. Hang in there with the preacher. I'm telling you, I want to bless you today. In fact, I want you to know something. I want to share with you today God's financial plan for your life, and it includes blessings. Come on, let me rewind you. tape. I want to share with you today God's financial plan for your life. And it includes blessings. Is there any normal human being listening right now and say, you know what? I don't need blessings. You know, the opposite of blessing is curses. Now just bring on the curses. No, you're jacked up like that good witch show that's coming on Hallmark. That ain't right. All right? So I just offended somebody. You can talk about money, but don't you talk about Hallmark. I'm sorry. All right? God wants to bless your life. And if you will handle your wealth and your possessions and your stuff his way, well, I'm just gonna tell you what the Bible's about. The Bible's gonna preach today. The Bible's gonna preach. You see, what some of you need right now is you need a supernatural move of God when it comes to your wealth, do you not? Because we've bought into this, this idea that I need a pay raise, I need to make more money, I need to take a side hustle, I need to do this and I'm gonna keep it, keep it, keep it, I need to save it, save it, save it, I, need, I don't need, and, and we just, and it's not working for us, is it? Come on, is there anybody in this house that says, you know what, I am just okay when it comes to, I got it mastered? No, it controls us, it dominates us so often. We need a supernatural work of God when it comes to our wealth and our finances. That's why I'm glad you're here today and that's what I want to share with you this morning is that God wants to work and do something supernatural. I I want to do something real quick. Um, Hey, Siri, what is the definition of the word supernatural?
1: As an adjective, it means of a manifestation or event attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature.
0: Do you want to hear the remaining one? No, I've got to preach. (laughs) Even Siri understands what needs to happen in some of your lives today. You need a supernatural work of God. Because in the natural, what you've been trying, it ain't working, is it? That's why we're still, oh, government's going to help us. Just a stimulus check. How's that helping you out? You still got it? Did you give it to kingdom purposes? Oof, a hush fell over the audience. We need a supernatural work of God, something that cannot be explained by science, something that is not natural. And it, hey, is that not exactly how, how God operates? Come on. I mean, think about all the supernatural ways that you've read of God working in Scripture, Exodus, parting the Red Sea and the Israelites walking across on dry land. Come on, you ever seen that before? Supernatural, right? Hey, you ever seen three teenagers thrown into a fiery furnace? You've thought about doing it, but you've not done it. I love our, our not our teenagers. You guys are rock. Give it up for the Hill Student Ministry. Come on, guys. Three teenagers throwing a fiery furnace that's been heated up hotter than it's ever been before. It singes the hairs on the attendants, Ah, but they come out not even smelling a hint of charcoal. Come on, somebody. That's supernatural. Come on, somebody. Time and time again, dead people rising up because of a supernatural work of God. Come on, don't you want that in your finances? Don't you want that to break loose in your wealth? God wants to do that. He has a successful business plan, a wealth portfolio for you today. You ready? I love Proverbs chapter 3. And I love it because in verses 5 and 6, my life verse Say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will what? Make your path straight or direct your paths, right? And I oftentimes have stopped right there until just recently. And I continue to read. It's always good to continue to read in the Bible. We like to take bits and pieces of the Bible and just make it sound like or feel whatever we want. But context is important, is it not? And then, hey, listen, and there's some parts of the Bible that you wanna throw out too. I know you do. Right? Let's be honest. But verses 9 and 10 in that same chapter, just two verses later, look what it says. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. What part? Come on, what part? The best part. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Come on, do you understand that when you put God first, with your finances and with your wealth. The promise, can we go back one screen to verse nine there? Thank you. When you honor him, right? This attitude of gratitude and I return to him in kindness and appreciation for what he's given me. When I honor him with the best part, you see that's where some of you guys are missing the blessing of God when it comes to your stuff. Because you've missed verse nine of Proverbs three. You're not honoring the Lord with the best part of your wealth or your success. So many of us in America, if we give anything to the Lord and to the house and his ministry, we give what's left. I don't know about you, but this preacher right here does not really love leftovers, unless it's some pimento cheese. Come on, somebody. You can tell. No shame in that game, all right? But so many of us, we don't give God what it says in verse 9. We don't give him the first. We don't give him the best part, And some of you are like, man, I just wish I could see God. I need a breakthrough in my life of well, what are you doing with your wealth? Man, I need God to answer this prayer that I'm praying. I've got a situation with a, a, a relationship at home or I've got a situation at work. Let me ask you, have you thought about your wealth? Have you thought about that grip you've got to hold on your wallet? I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm not God. I'm not saying that that is the reason why you might be facing some sort of challenge right now. I just know this. Scripture says that when we honor the Lord with our wealth first and we give him the best part of everything, he fills our bats to overflowing and our barns are full as well. Not with cheap stuff. It says in verse 10, the good stuff. Come on. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. It's good. It's not leftover stuff. It's not just cheap. It's not, what oh, I'm out of stuff, Gabriel. What can we do today? No, he gives you the good stuff, the best stuff. So many of us aren't seeing a breakthrough in our lives and I think it might just come back to this very issue of our money where two thirds of the parables that Jesus spoke of dealt with it and more verses in the New Testament than heaven and hell combined. That might just be the limiting factor in the breakthrough that you're seeking today. I don't rob God, I don't cheat him, okay? The book of Malachi, we know that the Levites And the temple was going left unattended. The Levites, the people weren't giving. It was a problem not just in our day, but it was a problem back then. And and the Levites were having to go out and find other jobs and do other things to to take care of God's house and their ministry. and, And the upkeep was going left unattended. And this prophet Malachi says, hey, will you guys continue to rob God? Have you robbed me? Well, you've robbed him in your tithes and your offerings, Psalm chapter 24, verse one says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. So let me ask you a question today. Who owns everything? Whose is it? It's his. What does that make us? Makes us managers of all of God's stuff. It makes us stewards God rains it down and we can absorb it like these shock absorbers on the wall or we can cause an echo to break out and reflect it back to him and let it reverberate throughout our world. Everything is his. It's all his. Do you place your finances and your wealth unto God? Is he first? First? Is he getting the first and the best for me and my family? Listen, I grew up in a day and a time where, where um, I'm old. I know, I know, I, didn't, I don't look like it. It's makeup, it's makeup. And, and, no, I'm just kidding. But I grew up in a day and a time where they used to print offering envelopes for us and our family had them at our house, right? Come on, somebody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Had the date on it too, as if we didn't know. Um, but, but they'd have the, And I'll never forget my dad as a young boy teaching me that here's a quarter, son. Call someone who, Now that's, that's a different part. but Or he'd give me two quarters, and I'd put it in that envelope, and he said, I want you to take that and give it at church today. It wasn't my money, but my dad was instilling in something in me, right? This, the importance of bringing something into the house of the Lord. That quarter, that 50 cent, that wasn't mine. If it, if it was anybody's, it was my dad's, but even my dad understood that's not his. It belongs to the Lord. I want to rob him. I don't want to cheat him in my tithe or, or in my offering because he owns it all. Everything belongs to him. Can I ask you a question this morning? Do you selfishly keep 100% of what God gives? Or are you willing to return at least 10% to help advance God's kingdom? Listen, God's not asking you to give 100%. I mean, actually, we probably could make an argument for that. If we want to talk about being New Testament people, people under grace, we give everything. That's why I love this. I know oh, Old Testament, so Old Testament, it's old school. Well, You're right. It was the law that Moses gave the people, absolutely. But it might be something that's probably still good for us to adhere to, right? We can't just pick and choose what parts we like. want to rip that whole book of Exodus out of there. Ten Commandments, Overrated. You know, murder, uh uh-uh, that's so Old Testament times. Come on, adultery, cheat no, no, that's old school. We don't need that. But that's how we treat our finances, isn't it? God's not asking you to give everything. He's just asking, would you start with a tithe, the 10th, 10% of what you come. You know, are are, are you willing to keep 100 or are, are you willing to give 10%, that first, the best part, back to him so that the rest of your 90 can be blessed? You see, I believe that some of you are not experiencing the blessings of God because you're trying to, you won't even give 10, and so the hundred is cursed because you're not doing what the Word of God says. I'm just trying to share with you what he wants. And I want you to remember what we said last week in Deuteronomy 8, that the Lord your God, he's the one who gives you the power to be successful. And so why would you not want to honor him and thank him? And hey, let me ask you a question. When you go eat out at a restaurant, do you give a waiter or waitress 10%? You don't? What do you give? Okay, you overachiever, 20. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Most of us, we give at least 10, don't we? We do? Some of us are more concerned about tipping Denny's staff than we are bringing to the house of the Lord where kingdom work takes place. Am I talking to anybody right now? And we don't gripe or complain or bellyache about that, do we? We don't. And by the way, I do think you ought to give more than 10. Waiters and waitstaff hate Sundays after church because we Christians don't tip well. Hey, can we be better than that? Can we understand that it's not ours? And can we be a blessing to someone? Come on, okay, we can talk more about that next Sunday. You come back, I promise you, it's in there. Guys, listen, I give to the house of God, not because I have to. In fact, Scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, don't give begrudgingly. Don't give because somebody's forced you to do it. But you ought to give because you want to. It's a get-to. Listen, I give. It's a privilege for me to give to the Lord. I get to be a part of kingdom work. I get to give back to a God who's given me so much. And I'm going to start here. The first 10, he's getting it. We do more than that, but he's going to get the first 10. Come on, don't elevate a waiter or a waitress above king of creation. Don't elevate them above the God who's given it to you to start with. But some of us are just more tickled that our drink glass was never empty. And we pay for good service. But when it comes to giving to the Lord and his ministry, we give him the Heisman. We keep him at arm's length. We got to be better. I'm telling you, disciples of Jesus are better than that. They are. They're better than that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, we're going to deal with this next week more, but there's something special in God's financial plan. I've already told you it doesn't match up with the world's economy. The world says keep, hoard, save, keep it, your, whatever you want to do, don't ever give. But Jesus' economy says, hey, listen, if you give up everything for me, you're going to actually save yourself. Hey, you want to live life, then you need to die. Again, it just doesn't make sense. But come on, some of you know that it's right, correct? He knows some stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God, it says in Matthew 6.33. Seek first, what? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he'll give you everything you need. I'm telling you, there's something happens that's special, that is supernatural, When God gets the first, when I pursue him with everything, when he gets off the top, my wife and I have recurring giving set up here at 1910 Church. Everything that comes to our bank account, the first thing that goes out the door is to the house of the Lord. Because I know me, like you did with that stimulus check. Oh, I got a little extra. I need yet fishing pole number 17. (laughs) Right? Come on. Seek the kingdom of God. And when I put him first, even in my wealth and my finances, verse 33 says he takes care of everything we need. This is written in context of some unbelievers who were so worried about where will I get money for my food or for clothing or the needs in my life in which I have. And that's how so many of us operate today. And in verse 32, Jesus says these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Listen, I'm telling you, there's something special that can happen in your finances today when you will put God first with that. If you'll just start with that 10% and bring it to the house, to his storehouse, I'm telling you, sit back, Jack, and watch what happens with the rest of your 90. It's proven. I mean, we, 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 we want to put him first. And, and, and by the way, you never come in first by putting God second. So many of us do that when it comes to our wealth and our stuff. We could preach all day about your gifts and your talents and your abilities. Listen, you never come in first by putting God second. 633 doesn't say put God second or third if you've got leftovers. No, no. If you will make him first, seek him above everything, watch the supernatural break out. Back to Malachi chapter three, verse 10 It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And look what he's gonna do. I'm gonna pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then I love God here getting a little attitude with us. He says, try it. Put me to the test. Hey, God wants to rain down blessings in your life, but you got to do it his way. Watch this video.
1: I'm Wade Cloud, and this is my wife, Tiffany. We've been attending 1910 Church for about nine years. I think um, when I first started tithing and and testing the Lord in that was was probably the most difficult time for me to do it. because. I was in college, didn't make a whole lot of money, but had a whole lot of bills. When I started the tithing, I had enough after the tithing and, and, and that came out of my paycheck first and I had enough to pay for my bills, my food, fuel, insurance.
2: My parents provided everything for me. I went to college, um, I had a credit card, I had all the things I needed, and it just was not really even a thought. I didn't think to tithe. Uh, I heard the word, but it wasn't really something that I really knew what that meant exactly, or even really what the sacrifice was. And it's giving your tithe is not always going to be simple especially when you have needs coming up or things that you think "Uh, i think i just need to hold on to this a little bit longer so that i don't go without
1: the word tithe to me means that you're giving a tenth of your income to the church that you're a member of if you're not a member of a church then you're giving it to the church that you go to on a regular basis And I think that's just the starting point. I think that's that's just getting the Lord, getting people into the habit of giving, to change their heart, to give more to people in need, churches, missions. But I do think that that first 10% is, there's a designation for that in the Bible there.
2: I honestly think when it comes to tithing, that idea that none of this is ours. After losing my dad in December, I realized that you can't take it with you. So just that idea of a tithe going back and providing what you can in your time, not knowing when your time will come to support what you enjoy, what you go to and seek knowledge from. So the church is that place of refuge every week. It's a place to worship and it has to be supported.
1: I would say to people that uh, think the a Old Testament, I would ask them, then why did Jesus talk about the poor lady giving sacrificially, giving more than any of the other Pharisees or because she had nothing. And so she gave everything she had. I think it's still relevant after Jesus because he's teaching us a heart of giving.
2: Tithing for us is what we do and it's something that we're teaching our kids because we need them to know that everything they have is not theirs. We want them to have a better understanding of money and who it comes from and where their blessings come from.
1: Um, so when I was a trustee, one of the things that really struck me as pretty awesome was that 1910 would tithe. Uh, they would take at least 10% and give back to uh, missionaries all, that go all over the world. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool because I'd never thought about a church tithing. You
2: can't ever outgive the Lord. I love that we get to be Jesus to others, that we get to be, we we get the joy in it. So we are able to, when we're faithful, we're able to enjoy the benefit of that as well. If you're just beginning to think through the process of how do I tithe when I feel like I don't have enough, just do it. You just have to step out. God calls us to uh, take that step of faith. So you have to make a plan, otherwise you'll never do it.
0: I love that idea that it's a step of faith. It's a, it just doesn't make sense. That's why it's called supernatural. And I'm just telling you, and you know it. You've seen God do things in your life over the course of your lifetime. that just didn't make sense. That's just who God is. I want to remind you of something today, that you sow what you grow. You sow what you grow. It means that I'm going to reap whatever I plant. Any farmers in the house? Farmer knows that. If I want corn, I'm going to plant a seed that produces corn. And you want to experience the blessings of God, you need to sow well. I love what Tiffany said in that video about we're teaching our kids to do it. Do you realize that when you give through this thing called the local church, that it outlives you? It's an investment that carries on throughout eternity. And you know, I I give to this church, I give to the local church because I love the local church. I do. I, 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 I know that God instituted and created as his plan to offer redemption and restoration and hope for a fallen, broken world. It's this. I will build my church. And I love to give. And I love to give to the local church. I don't do it because of the people in the church. Be honest, sometimes I don't like the people in the church. And you laugh and you've been there as well. Sometimes there's a program that's not necessarily my cup of tea, or, ooh, I wish they would have chosen a different color of carpeting. I've been there too. You have as well, right? But the reality is, it's not for me to pick and choose because it's not mine, it's God's. And I simply have to be obedient and faithful to do what he's called me to do. I give because in 1 John 4, 19, I love him and I love to give because you know what? He loved me first. And I simply wanna honor him and be grateful for all that he's given. I love this passage in Psalm 112 verse one says, "'Praise the Lord. "'How joyful are those who fear the Lord "'and delight in obeying his commands.'" Their children will be successful everywhere and entire generations of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. See, the check that Angie and I gave to this house this week will far outlive me and us. And much like the lady some, oh, 10 years ago that I laid hands on and prayed in Indonesia who couldn't walk across the room. And I was able to go because of the faithful giving of people in this house I was able to lay hands on her and pray you know one day I'll see that lady and she won't be walking or stumbling around she'll be jumping with me I'm gonna be on the front row like I am every Sunday bouncing when you sit to, a kid to camp when you provide for for kids ministry to take place when we are able to buy resources to make disciples and help people grow in their faith and knowledge. Listen, that's what happens when we all give and are faithful to that. Can I just tell you something today? You may not ever hear another preacher say this, but that's okay. I don't want you to give to 1910 Church. I want you to give through 1910 Church. want you to get through it yeah the reality is as as wade said god doesn't need our money but you know what is needed you need to be blessed and if you'll do it god's way his promise is he's going to rain it down on you your barns will be overflowing your vats will be uh, they won't be big enough (laughs) Some of you guys have understand the idea of mutual funds, don't you? If you've got a mutual fund, would you clap real quick? Okay. Maybe not as popular as they used to be, but, you know, a mutual fund is is a share. You, you, You give an investor money on your behalf to invest and try to maximize and grow it and do something special with it. What would happen today if we begin to see this thing called the local church as the best mutual fund you could ever have? Where we give for the professionals to make an investment with it that will far outlive any of us in this room or watching us online. I want you to be blessed. I don't want you to miss out on the life that God has for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Our ministry team is gonna come join me down front today. Father, thank you for the reminder today that again, you are the owner of it all. And Father, I pray that as the blood bought the redeemed, the people that are so grateful, recipients of your blessing, Lord, I pray that we in turn would honor you first. Not with leftovers, not with the last, but God, we give you our very best. Holy Spirit, it's a step of faith. and We're gonna trust you as we step out. It doesn't make sense. That's why it's called supernatural. But God, we've seen you do it before, and we'll see you do it again.